We were fascinated as we looked at this information that we collected and gathered from thousands of students across the country, middle school and high schoolers, what they think, what they believe, what they hope for. And there's a lot that we can take from that. And we've been pouring over this information and data, and we're very excited to share it with you in these episodes of this podcast to talk about what students are saying, what they think, and what that means for us. For those of us that are working with students, interested in students, this is what they're saying, and we can't wait to get into it. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Welcome to the Thought Factory podcast. Whether you are a regular listener, periodic listener, or this is your first time listening, we are grateful and thankful that you would take the time to join us. Now, I wanted to let you know up front that this is a re-release of a past episode. It is actually the first episode we've ever produced as a podcast. It was four years ago today, October 20th, 2016, that we started the Thought Factory podcast. And we wanted to bring that episode back to you as we celebrate four years on the air and in your ears. The topic is still relevant and important regardless of how many years have passed. See, over four years ago, we did some research with students and adults, and as a result, we launched The Thought Factory. We have continued researching students and adults each year, and you can find our most current edition of what we call the Adolescence of the Church Trend Report at neverthesame.org slash trendreport. This is research conducted with students and adults who are a part of the church and their thoughts on topics of faith and culture. This episode pertains to one of the main reasons why students don't engage or read the Bible on a regular basis. You're probably wondering, well, what is Thought Factory all about? What's this podcast all about? This podcast is it's a podcast dedicated to learn from students and learn for students to better our ministry practice with students. It's about what they're saying, what they're thinking. And this is a podcast for those interested in what we are, and that's students, middle schoolers, high schoolers, what they're thinking, what they're saying, and particularly those of us working with them in a ministry context of faith, trying to help them and learn from them and better our practice in our uh, ministry to them. That's what this is about. It's taking what they've given us in data, and we want to think about it, but we also want to present you with these thoughts as well and and allow you to think about some topics, some areas that the students are thinking about. And so what we did was we surveyed nearly 3,000 students and about 500 adults. And then what we did was we, we took those questions, and then we presented those same questions to adults, and we asked them, what do you think the students in your context, how would they answer these same questions? And that's really where the interest really peaked for us as we looked at this. Is So we're hearing from students, but then we're also looking at what adults think students are thinking and right. what are the differences. We found some very fascinating similarities and differences. Right. And so for today, for those of us who are working with students on a regular basis, if we aren't doing this one thing, then what are we doing? So just to give you a background of this survey and a lot of our information in this episode and future ones will come from this from this survey and this data, but not all of it, but just so you kind of get an idea, we wanted to get a, a broad range and scope of 
of who's out there, students of all different kinds, from all different kind of places, from big cities, from rural areas, from huge churches, from small churches, uh, believers, non-believers, and students of, of a lot of varying ethnicities, middle school, high school, guys, girls, and listen to them, hear from them so that we can learn. And that's where this information is coming from. Not all of these students are necessarily would maybe call themselves Christians. We we are thinking that the majority of them probably would, but this is really centered around faith, and so that's what we're going to be getting into. So for today's episode, we want to take a look at the importance and impact of Bible engagement. We've, we've asked them a, a number of questions about the Bible and the importance of it, and so we want to take a look at that data that we've received from them and um, really kind of unpack it. There's a compelling question for me in working with students that I asked once, and that was, how can we get students engaged in Scripture throughout the week? Now, I was working with students in a church, and you know we met uh, a couple times a week for different programming, but, but I began to tinker around this question with some other adult leaders, some volunteers, some parents, some students themselves, and we got together. And for a while, asked that question, what would happen if we could get students to do that? We got together, we created this kind of system to do that. We're able to even track it and see what students were engaging in Scripture and how often, and we were interacting with them as we gathered together. And what I found was that this drastically changed everything about the environment of the students that we were working with and in the students themselves. We did this over a period of 10 years, and it was an amazing difference to see what was happening when students weren't just showing up maybe for a weekly youth group thing or church and hearing somebody maybe read from the Bible or, or talk about it and teach out of it, but beyond that, to be engaged in Scripture and then interacting together in community to talk about that, to, you know, to experience the, the impact of Scripture. So, so, that, so that, when you yeah. talk about Bible engagement, you're not just talking about reading the Bible then. Yeah, yeah, it was really more than that. There's been a lot of really good research about that that we're going to get into, the difference between reading and engagement. Two simple, you know, different words and, and ideas, but but engagement is more of an idea of reflection. So it's not just a quick read through, oh yeah, I read it, I did it, check it off for today, but I read it, I'm thinking about it. I think that's the idea. Whether they're journaling or asking questions or, or talking with people about it, it's the idea that it's not just reading, but I'm also thinking and reflecting. So that's what we mean when we say Bible engagement. Right. We always kind of kid around There's um, about different things in the Bible, Bible trivia. I don't, in fact, Jason, do you know, just oh, man, you're off put, the subject here, like what's the longest word in the Bible? Do you know what that is? You're putting me on the spot. Uh, you're probably referring to like covenant breakers, like one word, covenant breakers. Yeah, I don't know if that's in the Bible, that's, uh, but... That's, you know, the Come biblical breakers. men's retreat. Uh, yeah, sounds like a good one. Yeah. All the wives want their husband to go to Covenant yeah, Breakers. You, um, you need to attend this retreat and learn how to make your covenant better. Yeah. <laughs> or break it. Right. Now, deep in the recesses of the Old Testament, there is a guy's name, and it's the longest word in the Bible. I don't know why. I think I remember this from a kid. Meher Shalal Hashbaz <laughs> that is a long word, but it's the longest word in the Bible. And then every kid, you know, that memorized verses maybe from the Bible when they were a kid, they always like would go for the shortest verse, which is Jesus wept. Boom, got it. Yep. No. What? In the NIV, actually, 
It's Job said. Now, I don't know. I can't remember offhand where that's from, but the shortest verse in the Bible Maybe in the Job. NIV is Job said. It's not even know. a full sentence. It's, I know. It's like usually you say Job said, comma, and then there's a quote following, yeah. which it makes the sentence much longer, but I don't... That's totally it, Job said. We're going to so, have to look that one up. You know, in the old days when they would copy the scrolls, they probably... It was like a Friday night. Yep, got tired. It's five o'clock. They're like, we're done. The Sabbath is coming. Here. We yeah. have to end it real Job quick. Job said, you know, we'll I don't know where. Monday. Yeah, I don't know where else I'm going to leave <laughs> yeah, off, so I'll just it. put a period right here. That was it. So, yeah, so... Um, but getting the kids not just to know the trivia, understanding it, I think it's super important. So not just memorizing, not just uh, reading, but really engaging in, in what the scriptures are saying and how it applies to our, our lives. And today we want to look at a few questions that we asked the students. And the first question that we asked was, which best describes your view of the Bible? So yeah, that's a pretty good question to ask. Yeah, they had three kind of choices. It was either very important, somewhat important, or not important at all. Right. And so the top answer was, it's very important to me, which is encouraging. Almost 57% of the students responding said, this is very important to me. The Bible is important. And that's huge because that's students saying, yes, I think the Bible still is relevant today in the day and age in which we live, which is great news. And thirty, almost 38% said it's somewhat important to me. So there's the majority of these students are saying the Bible is important. So that is very key to to look at. But then another question that we asked was, how often do you read the Bible on your own outside of worship services, uh, church activities in a typical week? And we gave answers that were never one to three times a week, four or more times. We wanted to see how often they at least read the Bible, engaged the Bible. So, so pairing the two questions, what would you think would be the top answer, Jeff? Well, you've got four more times a week, one to three times, and never. You know, unfortunately, I think I'd probably say never. You'd say they would never read the Bible? That'd probably That'd... be the highest answer. Okay. And that's correct. So when we looked at, at uh, their answers, 47.7% of students responding said they never read the Bible. Now, this is this is what stuck out to me when we looked at this, is is when you look at an answer that says almost 57% say it's very important to me, yet then you pair it with 47% never read it, it doesn't really translate between the two answers. Yeah, that kind of is strange to think about. You know, they're saying it's important, but they're not reading it. They're not involved in it. And, and you know, we, as we looked at all this information, we think we found the reason why, which we'll talk about later. And uh, it's pretty encouraging because I think there's something that we can do about that to change that. Now, you may wonder, like, where these numbers come from, like, you know, one to three times a week or four more times a week. Well, the Center for Bible Engagement has been a great resource for us in our ministry and for me personally in trying to understand people's views and practices about the Bible of all ages, not just students. And they have this thing they call the power of four. And what they're saying is what they've seen in their research is that when people of any age are are engaged in the Bible four or more times a week, that seems to be like this tipping point number. So if you're involved and engaged in the Bible four more times a week, they're literally seeing a difference in behavioral 
patterns from people that are engaged in scripture. So like, for example, in their research, and this is where we were kind of interested because our research differs quite a bit. Now, in their research to students, which is a little bit older, ours is pretty fresh, just a couple months old, but they asked the same question, you know, how often are you reading, listening to the Bible? And this is from self-identified Christians, so that does change it a little bit, but 17% of students in their research are saying they never read the Bible, zero. And ours is saying 47%, almost half. Now, one thing's for you to think about right now, if you're listening to this and you work with students, maybe in a church or, or some kind of setting of faith with students, what number would you pick for your students? How often, what, what percentage are never cracking open that Bible throughout the week? Now, Center for Bible Engagement is saying 17%. We're saying 47 And, you know, obviously it differs for every context. But, but our concern is how do we change that number? And how do you change that number to get more students engaged in Scripture? So as an adult, if I'm thinking about the students in my context, I'm going, how many of them read the Bible, engage in the Bible, or how many never read the Bible? And so we actually have some stats from adults that are working with students and they they know their students. And the number that we got was pretty identical to the number that are never reading their Bible. And so it kind of it was 47% of adults answered going, yeah, about 50% of our students are not reading the Bible. So they know their students aren't reading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they have that. They, that's where the, the data kind of lined up where they said, hey, you know, we, we're, we're feeling the same way that students aren't engaging in Scripture. While at the same time, understanding from the Center for Bible Engagement, and I think all of us would probably know, even without looking at research, that if you are reading the Bible, it is going to translate to life change. The Center for Bible Engagement got some great numbers. They they said your odds of getting drunk are 57% lower if you're engaged in Scripture four or more times, which is interesting. And mm-hmm. sex outside of marriage, these are people that are married, obviously. Your odds are 68% lower. Or is it? Is it outside of marriage in a sense of, of married people outside of marriage? Does that make sense? No. Or you're not married yet, you're a teen. That's still outside <laughs> yeah, yeah, of marriage, right? Yeah, I guess right? that's true. I guess that's true. And uh, things like pornography, 61% lower odds they're finding in their research. 61% lower for people looking at pornography if they're engaged in Scripture four or more times a week. It's really amazing to see those numbers. Right. And then the last one that we look at is is 74% lower to gamble. Yeah, I I bet you that's the wrong stat. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I bet you that is not right. <laughs> Could be. Uh, so so we're seeing this, and I think that really leads us to this idea of like working with students. How do we change that? How do we get them involved? And what are the reasons? What if we could find out why students aren't reading the Bible? And we've found the answer, and we're going to talk about that next. A friend of mine as a youth pastor told me this story, thought it was really amazing. He talked about how he had about 100 students in his ministry, and he asked him one day, who was Abraham in the Bible in Genesis? Who was Abraham's promised son? What was his name? 
And five students stood up and they could say who it was. And then he said, are you absolutely sure? And then two student, students sat down, leaving three out of 100. And then he said, are you absolutely sure you know the answer? And two more sat down, leaving one, saying, you know, it was Isaac. And Josh thought to himself, here I am. I'm working so hard in helping these students, but what am I really doing? What's, what really matters if students aren't engaged and know the story of God that we have in Scripture? And that began this journey for him to get students involved in Scripture. So he started doing this. He, he um, got them reading and discussing and learning together and uh, was you know creating all kind of really creative ways to, to get them involved. And one Sunday, a parent came up to him rather disgruntled and said, Listen, you're pushing my daughter too hard. She just doesn't have time to read the Bible. She comes home, and she has homework. She works, and so on. And and now it's a guilt trip thing for her, and you're really doing damage. And so he brought the daughter into the conversation, and he said, um, you know, if you didn't talk to your boyfriend for a week, do you think you'd still be together? And she said, well, no. And then he began to ask her, I tell you what, I can get you tickets to your favorite artist and get you backstage passes but to do that first, you need to read through the whole Bible. How long would it take you to do that right now? And she said, probably, the student said, probably two weeks. I could maybe do it in a week. And the mother kind of looked at the daughter, shocked and thinking, how could you say that when you told me you were so busy? And, and Josh's point was, it wasn't a priority. And I think that's something to think about. You know, when we talk with students this summer and gather this information, we talked about time. People hear about that. I'm so busy. I got so much going on. We know students are busy, but I think it reflects something else. That is so fascinating because it, it is. That's one of the excuses is I don't have time. And yet when you are presented with something that's more important, you all of a sudden have time and you make that a priority. And when we ask the question, what is the number one reason that you might not spend time reading the Bible? Don't have time is, is the second top answer at 30%. 30% of students are saying, I just don't have time. And based on your story, um, it's not so much time, it's, it's not a priority. And even going back to how important the Bible is, they say it's important, but they're not really living that out by actually spending time in, in the Word. And, and with that same question, the, the top answer for the reason they're not spending time reading the Bible is they don't know where to start. That 41% said, I just don't know where to start. And I tell you, I was so surprised by the answer. So, you know, asking students, what's the number one reason you might not spend time reading the Bible? And for them to say, don't know where to start, for more students to say that than they don't have time, I honestly was pretty surprised. I thought time would be number one. We found out they just don't know where to begin. Right, so there's there seems to be a solution to that, right? Because... Yeah. We as leaders and those who are working with students can go, all right, let me give them some on-ramps to where to start with the Bible, to start reading, to start engaging. Are we doing that? Yeah, I think, and so that's a great takeaway for us as youth workers is students are looking for us to show them where they can start and where they can just get in. Because if you think about it, the Bible is a pretty overwhelming document. It's huge. You know, in size, when you pick up a Bible, if you have a paper one now, there's obviously there's electronic, but even 
any way you open it, any way you get into it, it's it's a massive, it's almost like handing a science, huge science textbook to somebody and say, hey, read this, it'll change your life. It may be great information there, but knowing where to start is not something to be underestimated, and students are saying that, so I think we need to listen. And even the Bible is not necessarily something that you have to start at the beginning and read all the way straight through. For somebody who is not engaging in the Word and and understand it well enough, a better place to start may be New Testament, maybe in Psalms. It may be some place where they can understand who Jesus is or what God is trying to communicate in his overall story. It may not happen right in Genesis and then go all the way through. Yeah, and we found in a previous question we talked about, which describes your view of the Bible, and students overwhelmingly said it's either very important or somewhat important, about 95% total, but over half, about 57% are saying, the Bible is very important to me. Now, here's where we found uh, a disparity is adults, when they asked, were asked that question, what do you think students' views of the Bible are? Only about 24% of adults said that they thought students believe the Bible is very important to them. And here's what I take from that. I take that students are saying it's important, but adults are thinking, eh, it's probably not that important to students. And if you think about that, that if we carry that into our work with students, if we carry in this preconceived idea that, well, the Bible's probably not that important to them, that's definitely going to impact what we do and how we, how we do our work with them. Right, and I believe if you want to see results, behaviors that are not just, hey, avoid doing this and don't do that and these are bad behaviors, but instead see behaviors that are actually reflections of your faith, we, we are pulling from, from the stats of the Center of Bible Engagement of there is a 228% increase in somebody who is reading the Bible four or more times a week for sharing their faith with others. So if they're reading the Bible four or more times a week, there's a 228% chance, greater chance that they're sharing faith with others. There's a 231 percent chance that they are discipling others, and there's a 407 percent greater chance that they're memorizing scripture. So they are not just reading it, but they're engaging it. They are letting it be impressed on their hearts and minds and allowing them to use that to direct their thoughts. And that's a huge, impressive increase in, in the behaviors of that reflect their faith. Which I think, you know, that's one of the reasons probably that you're listening to this and that you're involved in the lives of students is because you want to see that life change. You want to see them, you know, sharing the good news of, about their faith with other people. And so scripture really seems to be a very critical part of that life change. And so, again, that begs the the big question we're talking about is how do we do that? And we may be doing all these other things, but it's possible maybe we're missing the most important factor. Now, recently, at one of our events uh, at NTS Camp, where we gather this information, we invited someone. We were talking about the Bible and Bible engagement, and we we didn't say these terms, but we taught inductive Bible study to thousands of students across the country, and we saw this person like steal our hearts, and her name was Marilyn Laszlo. And Jason, you were so instrumental in making that happen and, and bringing her in, and I'd love to talk about, like, what her story was and what happened. For us to look at, at students engaging in the Word, we wanted to pull in somebody that was 
really instrumental in Bible engagement, but also Bible translation. And Marilyn came to mind, and and we we programmed around her in a sense of of getting her story, um, hearing how how she went from just being called into missions at at the age of twelve, and and really stuck to that that calling, where she then went to Papua New Guinea to a tribe that is is not known to the outside world. They never saw somebody from the outside come into their tribe and she didn't know the language. She didn't know the culture. And it was her and another woman that, that came on Their Their language is all oral. And so she didn't even know the written language. She had to translate their oral language into a written language and then take that and start to apply it to the Bible and, and translate it so that they could start reading the scriptures. And it, it took her over 25 years of spending her entire life there, in a sense. And I just remember even one of the stories where she's trying to to figure out different words. You know, she's pointing to a tree and she keeps asking, what is this? And pointing to the tree, pointing to the tree. And they translate it. They they give her a word. And so she's writing it down. And, and so she's thinking that she knows what the word for tree is. And, and instead, they gave her the word for finger because she was kind of pointing with her finger to the tree and they were just translating fingers. So even just the confusion of, are these the correct words for their language? And, and over the course of 20 some years, she was able to learn their language and then translate the Bible and then apply it to their lives and see transformation over decades. And, and you went there recently how was your experience then? Yeah, I, it was it was really something. So Marilyn, you know, now is in her 80s. And so here's this 80-some-year-old woman speaking with students across the country at our events. And kids loved her. You remember that? I mean, now she was fun. I remember sitting with her in the cafeteria, and she got down and did like 20 push-ups. Oh, with, she's, you remember that? Oh, she's so very engaging funny. with the students. She was so a lot of fun. Funny. And so to go there with her to Papua New Guinea, to the village where she lived was once-in-a-lifetime thing, and it was her time to go back and to say thank you, and really towards the end of her life, knowing it would be her last time there with them. And for me, I was able to see firsthand the room where they translated the Bible, where they created a written language for this for this oral language that had never been written down. And, and I was able to see not only that, just how that tribe, how that environment, how that community was changed because of her efforts. But it wasn't about Marilyn. It was about the power of the Word of God. And I think that's the thing that struck me the most, is seeing that that place be transformed in, in the things they were seeing happening, to see people worship there, to be a part of their worship service, and to hear their stories firsthand. And I think that's the idea is... What I saw there in that village in community in Papua New Guinea, uh, you know, on the other side of the world, and then to see students whose lives were changed, to interact with them every week um, that I worked with, to see the power of God's Word in their life, that's what we're talking about. And I think for us, that's really the most important thing. In fact, I would be bold here in our first podcast, and I'm just throwing it out there, but I really believe this. I think that Bible engagement and working with students, it should be the number one thing we're doing. We're, we're doing so many things, and, and many of them are so good. Nothing against that. But if we're doing anything, 
it seems to me like the number one thing, the thing that's going to stick with them and and create life change for you know their time outside of our influence with them in youth ministry, that Bible engagement really should be the number one thing. Yeah, and as we think about the data, as we think about this topic of the Bible, and we think of our context of students, um, we would just desire for you to think about that. We would desire for you to see this as important uh, as being the number one thing in your ministry. Nothing else will benefit your ministry more than incorporating Bible engagement into the program because we see the results. We have seen the results. We see how important it is. We see that students aren't necessarily saying it's not important or it's not relevant. It's we want to engage. We just don't know where to start and and or we, we may have to have more encouragement to put the priority on the Bible and not something else. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.